Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Let's get into some stuff. If you have a Bible, Bible app, have it on hand. I don't have a scripture for you to turn to quite yet, or I have a number of verses to read to you, or, you know, so you just handle that however you want as we go, and write things down, and make note of different verses, or look them up as you can. Uh, how many know the Word of God is full of life, and so rich? I encourage you to not only write things down that the Lord ministers to you as we speak today, but uh, go back and listen. We're in the middle of a series, or maybe on the latter part, but... Uh, of a series uh, called The Deciding Factor, and uh, the, I have this as part seven, and, and so if, you, if, you, if anybody missed part one through six, good news, your life's not over because you can still get them, uh, and, and uh, they're available to you on the website, you can watch, you can listen, download, and uh, no cost to that, and it'll be of great benefit, even if you have been a part of our, our series up until now. Uh, you might want to listen to these things again. And uh, I know for some that's a new way of thinking. So why would you listen to church when you're not in church? <laughs> well, because of the, 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 the richness and the power that's contained in the very words of God. They will change your life. And if you, if you meditate on things continually, they become ingrained in you. And it's a, it'll, it'll alter the way that you approach life and your thinking. Yeah? And uh, people too much are focused on outward, and they know how different food, how their body will react to different foods, and they'll say, oh, "I can't, you know, drink this at night because I can't sleep, and if I eat this, it does this to me." And and that's fine. But what will the Word of God do to you? How about being spiritually minded and say, "I know if I will think on and meditate on this particular truth, it'll produce this result in my life." And if I go for a while and I don't have that, it really starts to affect me. Whether you acknowledge and say that or not, it's true. Certain words from God will affect you in different ways. And the, the constant um, feeding on them and meditation of them in your life will, will, will produce God-level results in v- various areas of life. Hey. Amen. I, there was one man, I think it was Gordon Lindsay, who, who, who said that most... Christians feed themselves three hot meals a day, feed their body feed three hot meals a day, and give their spirit one cold snack a week. And they wonder why they struggle, <laughs> wonder why they're not living life to the full. And, uh, and so we have availability to, to, to go far. And not only that, when you grow, when you increase and mature in God, you can hear the same word again, and you'll hear whole bunch of new things you'll see it in a different light you'll receive things you didn't get the first time yeah uh, let alone the the there is this reality that we've all had this happen sometimes we're sitting in a church service and hearing a good message and you know something happens and we get distracted and and we are we our focus gets turned away and right then you don't know it but it was right for you huh well we do our best to minimize that, but then we go back and hear things again, and you can make up the difference. Praise God. Let's talk some more about being spirit-led, because we know uh, th- that when we're making decisions, the deciding factor is, what would God have me to do? 
What would he lead me to do? Uh, with all his wisdom and knowledge and, 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 you know, vantage point of being above all and in all and through all, how would he guide me? How would he direct me? And, and I'm endeavoring to help you see the difference of being led of the Spirit versus being led by other voices. There are a lot of voices, a lot of... Uh, a lot of pressures, a lot of influences in this world trying to get us to go one way or the other. And we need to be able to distinguish between those voices and the voice of God. And when you can, you're laughing. You are set. Your life is set up for success because you know which voice is the right voice. And, 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 and so I think it can be helpful to ask at times, why am I doing this? Why am I about to make this decision? What's the motivator here? Uh, and is it the right motivator? Is it the right reason? Um, what is my motivation? Or who am I following? Who is influencing me to make this decision to go this direction? Is it the Spirit of God? Or am I just being pressured by a person in some way or, uh, or, or some form? Uh, what am I afraid of? Am I doing this because I'm afraid of something happening or not happening? And is that the reason I'm making this choice? Uh, uh, Would I do this if it weren't for so-and-so? If take that person out of the equation, would I still make this decision? Would I still go here? Would I still do this? Because we say, why? Why do we want to do that? Because we want to distinguish between what the Spirit of God would lead us to do from decisions we're making based upon natural circumstances, natural things. Uh, a, a lot of this, a lot of this teaching, a lot of this discussion is intended to help us to distinguish between what is of the Spirit of God and what is emotion-led. What, what, we're, what we're doing based upon how we feel. How many know we feel often differently from day to day and sometimes from for no good reason? We're just sometimes feeling good and sometimes feeling low and there's not really any explanation. And if we're following those and we're feeling good, so we're spend, spending all our money or, <laughs> you know, we're feeling kind of low for no reason or, you know, and all of a sudden we're making decisions based upon that. See, that's a dangerous way to live. And by the way... If you're a believer, you have access to God Almighty. He loves you. And He wants to guide you in everything you do. And every, He wants you to be able to take it full advantage of His great wisdom and knowledge. And if we're just following our emotions around, wow, what a low level of living. I mean, why did we get saved? So we could just be like the world? No, we got saved so we could be better. Say, so are you saying you're better than other people? Well, not worse. I didn't get saved to be worse. Did you? Hallelujah. Now, those individuals that are consistent that consistently end up in the right place at the right time, they are the ones who are being spirit led. All right, and and that's what we want because we want to be in the right place at the right time and be successful. And if I ever cut off the direction of God, I'm also cutting off His provision. And, and, and so this is why we want this so much. I don't want to cut myself off from all that He is and how that He provides. Now, let me ask you a question today and then and answer it. Uh, 
So I'll, I'll answer it. You don't have to if you don't want. But Does the Spirit of the Lord lead some people more than others? Does He talk to some people more than He does others? Does He reveal? Does He show Himself? Does He give insight and wisdom? So forth, all that. Does He give it to some more than others? Or does He give it to everybody the same? You didn't want to answer that out loud anyway, did you? Here's the answer. Here's the answer, and I'll I'll explain why. But yes, He does. The answer is yes, He does guide some people more than others. It doesn't mean that everybody doesn't have equal access. Because of Jesus and God's grace, we all have the same ability to, to, to get the wisdom and direction of God. But He does lead. You know one simple reason why this is the case? is because some people seek His guidance while others don't. Uh, it's one thing to show up once, in a week, once a week and say hi to God. It's another thing to, to genuinely, consistently seek Him for direction. To inquire of the Lord for answers, for help, for guidance. And, and so you got, you got people all over the map. And someone say, well, the Lord just isn't, he doesn't talk to me like he does to some people. Well, I would just ask the question, how much do you talk to him? <laughs> you want to know more? Pray more. You want to talk to those who are really smart. If you want to be smart, you want to know things. If you want to know more, pray more, talk to him more. Some are seeking his guidance. Some are not. And so who answers that? Well, you do for yourself. If I find myself, you know, lacking in this area, I need to look in the mirror and say, am I spending all my time watching the the TV and listening to those voices? Am I spending all my time just with people? Or do I genuinely spend time seeking the Lord, inquiring of Him, looking for direction? Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 reads, Call to me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Well, what if, what if uh, I do not call to him? Then he will not answer me. Huh? Why? There's nothing to answer. If his phone isn't ringing, why would he pick it up? If we're not making it ring, there's nothing for him to answer. Yeah? How can I get God to answer me? Call him. What if I'm not seeing great and mighty things? I should probably inquire, seek, ask, call on the Lord. Because he's waiting to show them to me. Yeah. But I could never, ever blame God and say, Lord, you're not doing stuff. You're not helping me. You're not, you're not there for me. When I, you didn't save me from this. You didn't help me in this situation. You let this happen. That's not how the kingdom of God works. God just decides it all for us. And we're just left to fend for ourselves. No, no, no. We're given very specific instructions. If I want to see great and mighty things, I need Him to answer me. If I, need, if I want Him to answer me, I need to call upon Him. Amen. I love saying things that are very, very simple in a very bold way. It's like, this does not take a rocket scientist. 
seek God. So I don't, someone say, I don't know if the Lord's real. Well, that's the only, that might be true that you don't know. But I will guarantee you this. If you seek him, you will find him. Why? So how, how can you be so certain? Because I already did. And I can tell you firsthand, he's there. I can tell you firsthand, you'll find him. What? He's obvious. He's everywhere. And he's changed my life. And I have a relationship with him. I can say without hesitation, at all. I can, t- I can, I can talk to the strongest atheist on the planet. And say real clear, I know you don't believe in him. I know you're not certain about these things. But if you will seek him, you will find him. Why? Because he's there. You have to look. And he'll show himself to you. You'll be impressed. You'll say, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. You'll look at others who will look at you and say, you're delusional. You are just weak, and you need a crutch. And you'll say, (laughs) you don't see him, really. You really don't see him, do you? And you'll say, but good news. If you'll seek him, you will find him. Because he is there. And, uh, And he's waiting to be found. But you have to seek. That's how the game works. Find and hide. How does it go? Hide and seek. You don't want to hide and not be found. How fun is that? I hid from my two-year-old. They've been looking for a week. <laughs> no, the, 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 the way it works is you hide so that you can be found. That's the intention. But you have to want to. I didn't mean to get off on all that. Let's keep going. Well, who does he guide? He guides those who seek him. S- secondly, I see that he guides those who, who, who listen. Those who pay attention. Okay, it's one thing. Just to say, seek the Lord. But it's another thing to pay attention to Him. To focus, to listen. Matthew eleven fifteen. there's a statement there. It's all over, the, all over quite a few verses. Jesus said this, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Not he who has ears. He who has ears to hear. Almost everyone has ears. But do you have an ear to hear? An ear to hear. If you have an ear to hear, you'll hear. So what if I don't have an ear to hear? You need to get an ear to hear. It's a different kind of ear. It's an ear. It, it's, it's, in, it's, it's of the heart, not of the physical heart, of the very core of your being. It, it, it contains willingness. It contains humility. It is open. It is receptive. It is an ear. That, it's an ear of faith. It's an ear that wants to hear from God. It desires His guidance. That's a, we, could, we could do a whole series just on that ear, right? But that's the kind of ear we want. Not an ear that, well, I ha, you know, it's just my way or the highway kind of ear. No, I'm submitted to His way. Hallelujah. Amen. And so this person, they have time to hear. They have a heart to hear. I can see also this one, number three, those who will follow his directives. It's called faithfulness. Who, who hears from God more? Those who give credence. They give weight to whatever God says. If the Lord speaks and you think 
reading, you know, having, having your own Bible, where some parts of the world they, people don't even have these. They can't get to them. It's very difficult. And we treat it lightly. The eternal Word of God. We set ourselves up to not get any more, any more direction. But when we value everything He says, and we're faithful to follow it, whatever we hear, whatever we know, Lord, that's important to me. I'm going to implement that in my life. You set yourself up for more, and He'll give that person further direction, more instruction. He'll talk to him more than He does everybody else. Amen. I, I remember a, a friend years ago, uh, he, he said, and I knew this to be true, that the Lord would give him songs. He'd pray and he'd worship God and songs would come to him. And, uh, and he wasn't really a, a stage singer. He wasn't, he didn't, wasn't recording, wasn't like some super talent in that regard. But that doesn't matter. It was just for his own relationship with God. He would give him songs to sing. And he told me, this, uh, he told me one day that the songs stopped coming. He said, all of a sudden, I wasn't getting any more. I'd pray and I'd seek the Lord and no songs would come. And, uh, and finally, he came to a point, he realized, he recognized this, the Lord helped him to see this. And so he went back with all these songs that he had been singing and worshiping God. And he went and started writing these songs down. He valued them. He treasured them. He wrote them out. He said, as soon as I started doing that, all of a sudden the songs started coming again. I wonder if we're not hearing something now, what, what have we done with the last thing the Lord has given us? Are we, are we treating it with proper respect? Do, do, here's another question along these lines. But do all prophecies come to pass? Does everything that thus says the Lord, you know, that has that on that, does it always happen? Whenever, whenever the Lord, now I'm not talking about flaky stuff. I'm not talking about something that's not really God. But when, whenever something is truly inspired... You know, prophecy is when a person is inspired by God to say things. He gives them words and they're his mouthpiece. There's, does everything the Lord gives a person and they speak it out, they prophesy, does it always happen is the question. And here's where we need to recognize how the kingdom of God works and how he relates to us. It's never all about just him. There is the God side. There is the human side. There is the giving, there is the receiving, there is the statement, the promise, and there is the belief in that statement and that promise. Our part is to believe. Our part is to, say, to agree, to say, yes, Lord, I submit to it, I honor it, I value it, I yield to it. Not everything that the Lord has said. The Lord prophesied or someone prophesied to me that such and such would happen and it never happened. Well, it could be wrong. It's very possible they missed it. Human beings can't do miss it, right? But there's another side to that. I want to ask, well, what was the word and, and, and what did you do with it? What, was it? Was it conditional in any way? Did you need to act on it in order for it to come to pass? Someone said, well, if someone gives, if there's a word from God, can we count on it? You can count on it if you count on it. If you will count on it, then yes, you can count on it. But if you will not count on it, no, you can't count on it. Well, what do we mean by it? That's the believing side. That's the me saying, that was God. <sighs> Glory to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to accept that. That's going to define my future. 
that's going to order my steps in the days to come. That was a word from God. When you do that, of course you can count on it. He'll always be faithful. But if I dismiss it, if I lay it aside, I don't really know what's going to happen then. Are some words from God conditional? Yeah, they are. I've shared this. Maybe you've heard me say this before. Uh, Years ago, prior to me being in, uh, going to Bible school and all that, prior to going being in the ministry, uh, I started receiving through other people a word. In other words, uh, individuals, ministers, so forth that that didn't know me. Uh, would come to me in, often in a usually in a church service they'd come up to me and say they'd look through me and stuff say God has great things for you he wants he's going to do great things in your life and I thought that was a good word but then it would happen multiple times over the over the years even once I was I'd been in the ministry for a number of years I'd meet someone new and and they'd look at me and say tell me the same thing and I think okay I've heard that before <laughs> I think I know that, but maybe I don't know that. Uh, but here's the question. That's, that was, that's part, it's a general description, but that's part of God's call and plan for my life is that what he would do would be great. Great in his eyes. That's his word. Okay? Uh, what if I just sat on my butt? Can I say butt? <laughs> what if I didn't do anything with that? Would it happen? No, even though it's God's word, even though it's his plan, even though that was his promise. I still had my part of this to to handle correctly. And if I didn't do anything with it, no, that word would not come to pass. Well, what's the proper response? Well, if it's of God and you know it by that witness of the Spirit inside of you, you know that is God, then you prepare for it. You seek him continually and say, okay, I don't know what that means or what that's going to look like, but here we go good things are coming. Great things are going to happen. Hallelujah. I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to get ready for it. I'm going to pray it out. I'm going to obey every... Because, listen, many things that he has guided me in since then, there would have been no need for them if I hadn't followed that first word. The other things he said, they were contingent upon that. You see how the Lord would speak to some more than others? Well, it depends on what you did with the last thing, whether the next thing is even relevant. And if I disqualify myself from further instruction by not acting on what he's previously given me, then maybe there's just not much to say. Hallelujah. You know, there are different types of words uh, from God. There are words that are like what to do words. You're seeking him and saying, Lord, what should I do? What to do? There are words of what will come. That means he may minister and show you sometimes something that's coming up. There are, what's a con- there are words uh, about what he will do, where the word is simply God saying, I am going to do such and such. Now, let me take a side journey for just a moment, just to clarify something. Not everything that he said is contingent upon our obedience or upon our faith. There are some things that go outside of us, like what he is doing in the plan of redemption like the return of Jesus, like all the things that he has written in, that has been written by people in, in the book that have said what's going to happen in the last days. Those things are not contingent upon me personally. 
You understand what I'm talking about? None, no, no one of us or group of us is going to disrupt God from fulfilling what He said He would do. What I'm referencing more is in relationship to our own individual lives. Okay, that's where I do have a voice. That's where I do, and I am part of the deciding factor. There are words of correction. You're driving, and you need to make some changes to stay in your lane. Need to, there are words. Sometimes God will talk to you, and the word is just a corrective word. Okay, turn left, turn right, get back on track. There are words of admonition. He'll give you a word, and the purpose is not to prophesy something future event that's going to happen. An admonition is a word where, where he's calling your attention to something. You've lost your focus. You've lost, you're, you're thinking about the wrong things. And so he'll call you back to something. He'll admonish you. That's the purpose of the word is to set us straight again. Okay? There are words that are simply encouragement. Sometimes you'll be praying, be seeking the Lord, and he'll just tell you good things. In fact, a lot of words are that way probably more so than hey this is coming up it's just the Lord telling you uh, you know how much he loves you how, how, you know, how he's pleased with you how, how, how important you are just words of encouragement to him yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a, a verse over in Isaiah 58 that I want to read to you Isaiah 58 it's verse 11 and this catches my attention because the very first line of that verse reads this way the Lord will guide you continually the Lord will that's what I want Is, is anybody want that the Lord will and then he gives some other things there too but the Lord will guide you continually and so I, I look at verses like that and I think okay who's you Obviously, there's a context to every verse. And who's you? Is that me? There there were people he was uh, writing to there. But I want to know if I can fit in so I can claim that for myself. The Lord will guide me continually. And as you read the context, um, without us breaking it all down here today, you read about this fast the Lord has chosen or about how in in helping other people and and so forth. I can, I break that down and I bring it into a New Testament, New Covenant today reality. And and I come, I come to this. Um, If I will walk in love, which is the New Testament commandment, if I will be mindful of the needs of others and seek in my life to help other people, then I can count on the Lord guiding me continually. If I live the opposite way where it's just all about me, it's all about what I want, it's all about what I, what, what I need, then I don't know that the Lord has a whole lot to say to me. But if I will live my life in that God way, that generous way, that love way, then I can expect Him to direct me constantly in life. Amen? Another way to say it, we might say, Jesus said it this way, we should be about our Father's business. When I'm about the Father's business, He's got things to say to me. Some of them will benefit me personally. Some of them will benefit others through my life. But there is a constant flow of communication. And if there's not, let's get busy about His business. Is everybody with me today? I I think this is so very important. When, when, When seeking the Lord's guidance, I'm saying, oh man, because time is just flying. 
when seeking the Lord's guidance, uh, let me encourage you in a few ways, in a few, a few different things. Number one, go slow. Don't be in a hurry. I certainly love the fact that I can call information at my fingertip these days. And I can ask my phone, you know, I've got Siri and Alexa and uh, all these women that know everything. <laughs> right? They'll tell me the population of a city and all this kind of stuff. And I, I, I think it's cool having information at our fingertips like that. But don't let that confuse you with how God works. Will He tell you some things instantly? Of course. Will He also tell you some things later? Yes. Absolutely. And if I'm not willing, and if I think every time, if I don't get an instant response, an instant knowing, an instant answer, then I guess I can't know. You don't know Him. All right? Many times we make mistakes when we go too fast. Making decisions too quick. We feel the pressure. People are pressuring us. Come on, choose, choose, choose. Decide. Remember that day when, when Jesus was, uh, they brought that woman um, who was caught in adultery. And the, the religious leaders, and they're trying to trap Jesus to get her to condemn and so forth. And, and they asked her, Moses said we should stone her. What do you say? If you remember that story, you can read about that. It, that's a pressure situation. Come on, Jesus. Crowds around. You, you're the teacher. You're the one with the miracles. You're the one saying you know everything. And uh, uh, Tell us, what, what, what do we do here? What's the answer here? Pressure. What did he do in the middle of that? If you know that story, he stooped down, got on the ground, started scribbling in the sand. He delayed. He delayed. I'm not answering on your timeline. Sometimes you answer too quick. You respond too quick. You give the wrong answer. You make the wrong decision. Part of a relationship with God is, yes, there are things that are instant and quick and suddenly and Bam, here it is. And there's also another part of our walk with God, and it is lengthy. We are in for the long run. We have a relationship with God, and not everything has to be said today. We're not going to know everything all at once. Scripture says it this way. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, huh. I'm not going to give you that one because it will mess up my third point. Okay. Let me. I'll, I will get, I'll give you this verse though. Uh, in Jeremiah 42, see some people there were inquiring of the prophet, saying, "We want to know what God wants us to do." Because this Old Testament, they didn't have the Spirit; they had to go to the prophet. Okay, they're going to Jeremiah. Ask God what we should do. Where are we supposed to go? And uh, Jeremiah 42, verse 4. Then Jeremiah the prophet said to them, "I have heard. Indeed, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words." So he agreed to seek on their behalf. Verse 7, and it happened after 10 days that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. After what? 10 days. How do you like that? I don't know about you, but I don't like that at all. 10 stinking days. Why does God have to wait 10 days? Well, maybe there's a reason. Maybe there's a reason I may be unaware of. Maybe it's just He wants you to sit down for a while and be still. But part of our relationship with God is called 
waiting on the Lord. That means we're tending to Him. We're saying, not my way or the highway. I'm here to do things your way. You know in our society today, people, that's the way they live. It's the way they think. You need to accept me the way I am. Really? Good luck with that. If that's how you approach God, how many know heaven is not populated with people who said, you've got to accept me the way I am. It's just the opposite. Heaven is populated with people who said, Lord, your way, not my way. I humble myself. I bow my knee. I submit to your will and your plan and your purpose for my life. When you have a heart that's movable, pliable, changeable, and God can take something that's what's, it's not right and fix it, you're ready to have a relationship with Him. And when it comes to seeking God, if you don't get an answer on day one, what should you do? Keep, just stay in His presence. Talk to Him every day. Say, thank you, Lord, I'm going to know everything I need to know. By the time I need to know it, you're faithful to me, and I'm going to do my part in just listening. I'm tuning into the right channel, to the right frequency, the right station. I'm going to hear from you. But, uh, you know, it's His priority. He is a real person. He's not Siri. <laughs> She's not real. She's a computer. <laughs> Amen. He doesn't respond. I don't understand the question. <laughs> Let me direct you to a few websites. Right? He's a real... He knows everything. And if he hasn't told you something, well, it's his prerogative, but take time. Don't go too fast. Wait on the Lord. Better to stay a step behind than be a step ahead. When you're a step ahead, you can't see. When you're a step behind, at least. Amen. So when seeking guidance, go slow. Number two, go get in faith. You didn't know there was a list, but there is. Number two, get in faith. When you're in faith, you're positive. When you're in faith, you're thankful. When you're in faith, you have a, you have a rosy outlook on your future. Why? Because you're saying, you're not, you're not going around saying, I don't know what to do. Man, I just don't know what to do. I can't see. I can't seem to hear. That's not faith. When a person gets in faith, they, they refuse to talk that way. They're not guided by externals. They're not led by what they see. They're led by the eternal word of God and the spirit within them. And so they say, you know what? He's leading me. I'm going to know what to do. I'm going to be able to handle this circumstance, this situation. I'm going to, be, I'm going to make the right choice here because uh, I'm trusting in his guidance. And you may say that and you have no idea what to do at the moment. Zero clue. You think, I have no idea what I'm going to do and yet I'm saying this. <laughs> I'm telling people it's going to be fine. What does that take? Faith. Make sure you stay in faith. Number three, number three don't, don't require the whole book before acting. The whole book. Meaning, the Lord often will speak to us and give us a word. Maybe a sentence. Maybe a pair. But not often the whole book where he lays it all out for you. And if I'm saying, I'm not going to act, I'm not going to do anything until I know everything, until he shows me the whole thing. Uh, you might be waiting a while. He seems to be inclined to give us his plan in parts. And that requires us to continually walk by faith. You act on one, and that sets you up for the next. You act on that, that sets you up for more. Here's the verse I almost gave you early and ruined the whole message. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, 9 reads, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. 
We don't know it all. We don't see it all. We don't have the whole thing. But He will give us parts. And those parts are so precious and so valuable. I mean, if it took you all month, but you got it, was it worth it? Man, it totally is. And and we don't want to, you know, individuals sometimes, when it comes to time, we don't like time. We like things now. And, and I agree. I like things now, too. Uh, but, you know, when sometimes individuals will say, I, I've, you know, I've got to lose some weight, but I read this weight loss plan, and it's got me at like a pound a week, or two pounds a week. And you know how long that's going to take? That's going to take a year, or two years. Yeah, I know, but you're still going to be here in a year. You're still going to be here in two years, so you'll be here fat or skinny. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? The, the time is not really the issue. The time's going to pass either way. So I don't, have to, I don't have time to wait on the Lord until I get an answer. Well, that time's going to pass, and you're going to be at the end of it with an answer or without. So it's just a matter of what we're going to give ourselves to. Hallelujah. Okay, number four. Number four, get a musician. <laughs> I like that response. <laughs> get a musician. I have to have a musician to hear from God. No, not necessarily, but it can be helpful. A musician. So why do you say that? I say that because it's in the scripture. There was a, a time... It's 2 Kings chapter 3, where Elisha, the prophet, those came, people came to him inquiring of the Lord. And in their day, the prophet was very much like all believers now. The prophet could hear from God then. All believers can hear from God now. And they came to him, and they wanted direction. And it's just interesting to me. In, in 2 Kings three fifteen, he said, but now bring me a musician. Well, no, we don't want to listen to any music right now. Just tell us what God's saying. No, he said, bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord. Why didn't he say, thus says the Lord, before the musician started playing? Because he didn't know what thus said the Lord. He wasn't hearing. But there is something in the kingdom of God that is tied to music. Not just any music, but anointed music. That God will literally use that. And it's not that He can't speak without a song. But it certainly can help us because the anointing is a very real thing. It's not some mysterious, what's that? It's very real and necessary. When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, you can do things you couldn't do before. You can know things you couldn't know before. You can hear a voice that was seemingly unheard before. And there are times when it's right. The best thing to do and I, I, is, is get a musician. Say, well, what if I don't know where to get one? Come here. We have some. And they're, they're playing regularly. Yeah? And what are they doing? What's the purpose? It's not entertainment. The purpose is to bring the power. It's to usher in the presence of God. Because when the presence of God is there, we start to hear. We start to recognize the voice of God. Amen. This is why... 
This is why good worship leaders recognize that the songs they choose need to be songs that the speaker likes. Whoever's ministering. Why why is that the case? Because they're intended to help a person hear from heaven. And when that anointing is there, then God's stuff happens. If it's not there, it's just a concert. Nothing wrong with the concert, but it's not going to change your life forever. It's not going to heal the sick and give an answer to a confused person. It's not going to restore a marriage, huh? But when the anointing is there, God is there. When the anointing is there, all of heaven can manifest in that place. So that's why I say, you want some guidance? I don't mean this has to be, because guidance comes other ways. But it is a part of something that helps. Someone say, I'm struggling. Dude, get in a church service that is anointed, where there is anointed musicians, and they are worshiping God, and then listen. Then worship the Lord and tune your ear. I mean, this happens here. Happens all the time. We were just having a service a couple weeks ago. And as we, we waited in the presence of the Lord, and there was, had been a lot of worship and music and stuff, I stood right here. And, the, and, and the, the Lord Himself spoke. And if you were there, I told you what He said. But He was right there. When He said this to me, and it was in that atmosphere, that all of a sudden it was so easy and so clear. And he speaks. Hallelujah. And the last one, the last one, this is just kind of, it kind of ties in with this. But uh, get in the atmosphere of God's presence. This is a helpful thing. You want direction, you want to seek guidance, get in an atmosphere where his presence is in manifestation. How many know there are atmospheres of unbelief? Yeah? Yeah? They, they hinder you. You remember Jesus sometimes when he would minister to people like the blind guy? He'd take them out of town. Why? You would too. You're trying to get a miracle in the, in the middle of unbelief. All these people are skeptical and critical and who are you and you can't do this. And you're going to try to get a blind guy healed there? Jesus said, no, dude, follow me. We've we got to get away from this. And he took them out of town in order to get them healed. Sometimes you need to leave the atmosphere you're in full of unbelief and doubt and strife and confusion and get into a place where it's a spirit of faith. Man, we believe God here. That's why it's so so easy sometimes, often for people to be healed here. People have asked me, they've come in, people who are believers from other places say, why is it when I come to your church I get healed? And other places I can't. I say, I don't know about other places, but I will tell you here, we, we do things, we do what we know. And we expect God to move. And we, we put a demand on the, on the power of God. And His presence is going to be here. And there are going to be healings and miracles. Period. It, I'm trying to make it easy. I think that's God's intention. I, don't, I do not believe that it was God's plan for any of the stuff we're talking about that it would be hard to hear. Hard to get an answer, uh, an answer to a prayer. Difficult to be healed. Difficult. No. What is that? A God who loves us and yet He's holding everything away from us. Come on, jump higher, 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 higher. His intention is that His presence would fill the atmosphere. 
and we would be more conscious of him than of this natural world we would we would see the mountain as a molehill we would we would see the problem as just a a tiny thing and his power as being so overwhelming it's easy to believe it's easy to to dismiss the works of darkness in the light of his glory if you need help if you're needing direction get in an atmosphere of of God's presence an atmosphere of faith an atmosphere where he's moving there are gifts of God uh and we, we should acknowledge them. People have gifts of word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And there are ministry gifts and so forth that God anoints people. And I don't mean we become reliant upon them for our answers. We're not looking to people for direction. But at the same time, at the same time, we're not st- stupid. Y- years ago, a, a, a minister called me and said, I, he, he said, I don't know what to do. Uh, he said, I'm seeking, Lord. I know there's a change in my life. I know I'm supposed to do something different. He said, I, I just don't know what yet, and I don't know when. And, and I said, listen, I know which part, where, where you are. He's in a different state. I said, listen, there's this meeting going on over there. You could drive to it. And I'm not saying uh, that, you know, you should go there. And he knows, knew this that you should go there seeking for someone to prophesy to you or anything like that because that's not what we seek. I said, but there's an atmosphere there and there's a gift there of those kind of things. I said, you might just think about going. Get in that atmosphere. And I just left it with that. I didn't, I'm not directing him. I just, but he did anyway. He went. He went to this service. And, uh, and in, in, in that meeting, um, <laughs> all of a sudden the person who's ministering that day finds him in the in the crowd walks up to him and says huh you're in transition aren't you (laughs) and uh and all of a sudden these some of these directions and specifics that he needed came as confirmation through that through that individual thank god for the gifts of god that operate through people amen and we judge everything by the witness of the spirit inside But He wants to guide every single one of us and lead us continually. Amen. Amen. I have more to say, but we'll come back next week and do that. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.